I like singing about Jesus, don't you? About heaven. One day we're going to see him face to face, and I am so glad for that day. Romans chapter number three. Book of Romans, the first two chapters, Paul is writing, and um, he he is going to... Uh, first 11 chapters, really, of this book, he's going to talk about the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is going to remember this first generation of Christianity. Uh, Christianity was new to him. This gospel uh, was new to him. To the Jew, they knew the Messiah was coming. They longed for the Messiah. Matter of fact, Isaiah chapter number 53 tells of the Messiah coming and, and uh, described what uh, the Messiah was going to go through. But the, the Jews were looking for the Messiah to come and deliver them from the Roman occupation. They, they expected that the Messiah would come and set up his kingdom at that time upon the earth and free them from um, occupation and reestablish the, the, uh, the uh, Jewish uh, kingdom there through the Messiah. What they did not realize though was this, that the Messiah is going to come. He is going to establish his kingdom here upon this earth, but he had to come and he first he had to die. Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Ever since the event that took place in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve took of that fruit and, and disobeyed God and, and that, that, that tree was uh, an idol to them, they thought they needed that more than they needed God. From that point forward, the Bible tells us this, that every single human being that was born into this world was born with a sin nature. We were born to die, born ready to die. The moment you were born, you began to die. And God was not satisfied with that because God created man and woman. He created the human race to fellowship with him. But mankind sinned. And Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, is writing this book of Romans. And so that we, as uh, for those that would read it at that time, but also for all of these generations in this generation today, as we open up the word of God, we read, what is this great salvation? What is the gospel? I taught a lesson this past Wednesday, and I would encourage you, if you listen to podcast, if you're able to get on our uh, app or our website, I encourage you to listen to this this past Wednesday. It was the difference between religion in the gospel. There's a difference between religion and the gospel. We didn't meet here today because we're religious. We met here today because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't have religion. We have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Religion won't save anyone. Only Jesus Christ can. Good works won't save anyone. Only Jesus Christ can. There is no other way. And Paul is writing here, and he says in chapter number three, verse number nine, he says, what then? He's asking this question. He's talking to the Jews here. He says, what then? Are we better than they? He's saying, are we better because we're, we're Jews? No, in no wise. He answers this question. He asks this question and he answers it. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all 
under sin. You know what Paul is saying there? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what heritage you come from. It doesn't matter your last name. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. No one is better than anyone else. We are all sinners and we're all condemned because the fact that we're sinners. The Bible says in verse number 10, Paul goes on to write, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's not a person in this room better than anyone else. There's not a person in this room more deserving of heaven than anyone else. We're all sinners. And Paul is telling us here previously, we don't have the time to go through the previous two chapters, but, but uh, the Bible is, is, tells us that, that all of us can see God through his creation. There's something inside of us as well. Our conscience, God is known through our conscience. You know, you you don't have to teach anyone, number one, you don't have to teach anyone how to sin. We do it so well, don't we? So naturally. But the same thing is true. There's a conscience that God has in all of us and creation in our conscience, it points us to the fact that there is a God. There's not one person whoever they are that has lived upon this earth that has not sinned. Every single person here in this room, every single person that you've ever met, every single person you'll ever meet is a sinner. We've all sinned. There's some that use the argument. There's a couple arguments that people use, the uh, sincerity argument. And I'm gonna, I should have said this before I began. I'm gonna, I'm preaching this message today because we, um, I want you to be able to use this message. We go out live right now. It's on Facebook. You could listen to this message. And we, every message normally from this pulpit, several hundred after the message is over, will listen. This message will be on television, television next Sunday evening, channel 40 here in Toledo. And it's obviously those that are sitting here as well. You hear this message. And I'd like for you to take this message and use this message and share this message on social media. Tell someone to listen to this message next Sunday evening because it's in this message today, we're gonna look into the word of God and we're gonna find truth. What is the gospel? Who's it for? This is something that I believe that every single person needs to hear. I saw yesterday, this is so interesting. I saw yesterday, I was watching uh, Fox News yesterday and they came up and the news, newscasters that were there on news, they said this, that there's 10 nations and they named all 10 of the nations. There's 10 European nations that are now coming together and they're going to put together a European defense now, somebody that maybe doesn't know their Bible or understand end times prophecy, that's Daniel chapter number seven. We're, we're, seeing, we're seeing the events unfold. If you were to take a newspaper and look at the events that are happening around this world, all you have to do is go to the book of Daniel, go to the book of Revelation. You'll see it all coming to pass. That excites me. That ought to excite you. But also what it does is it does something inside of me. We've got to get the gospel message of Jesus Christ out while there's still time. We've got to get the truth out while we still have a voice, while we, while we still can. And there are so many ways to get this message out. And I, I hope that you'll do that. But I, I hear so often, and you as well, as you share the gospel, you hear a couple different arguments. One would be the sincerity argument, the fact that this, I, I'm sincere in what I believe. I'm sincere. 
I, I, I'm sincere, and because I'm sincere, I'm going to go to heaven. And I want you to know this, there's going to be a lot of sincere people that don't get to heaven because they're sincere, but they're sincere about something that's not truth. If I were to, if I were to go to the doctor and the doctor said to me, listen, you've got cancer today, and, 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 and uh, if I say to the doctor, listen, I sincerely believe that I don't. He says, well, you do, and the only way that you can fix this is you've got to go through this treatment program. If I said to the doctor, doctor, I believe, I believe what you're saying, but I sincerely believe that I don't need that. I can, I'm going to go about it my own way because I believe that I don't need this because I don't have what you're saying. It doesn't matter how sincere I am. The fact of the matter is this. Reality says I have cancer. And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of good people. There's a lot of religious people. There are a lot of sincere people that believe that they are going to get to heaven on their own way. I hear it often. Many a times I'll share the gospel with someone and they'll say this, I have my own beliefs. I have my own way of living. I, I have my own way of thinking. And I'm not going to challenge their sincerity because I believe they are sincere. They're truly trying to live a life in their own strength and trying to live a life in their own way, hoping that that is enough to get them to heaven. But the problem is this. If they try to go to heaven some other way other than Jesus Christ, they may be sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. If you don't come God's way, God won't accept you. Some have this comparison argument. They, they don't do what other people do, and so therefore they're probably better. That's religion. That's not the gospel. If you look and you say, you know what, I'm not as bad as my sibling or I'm not as bad as my neighbor or I'm not as bad as this person or that person and so I compare myself to someone else and if I'm not as bad as someone else, then I'm, I've got a better chance. I want you to know this morning, if you're listening by way of video or TV or you're listening to this message on a podcast or if you're here this morning and you hear my voice and you hear this message, I want you to understand this. The only standard that you have is the standard next to God, not next to someone else. If you want to put yourself next to someone else, you'll probably always find someone that you are better than. But if you stand next to God and God's law, you'll never add up. And you can't do this in your own strength. And the reality is this, that God never expected you to do it in your own strength. God doesn't expect you to gain salvation or gain eternal life by trying to be a better person than someone else. Romans chapter three, verse number 23, right here in your Bible, the same chapter says this, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I heard a pastor say one time, all, all means all, and that's what all means. It's all, it's every single person. There's not a single person that's ever been born into this world that, that, that can get a pass on this verse. You put your name there for Jeremy has sinned and you put your name there, you have sinned. And because of that sin, you have come short of the glory of God. That sin means this, you've missed the mark. 
The right that you have done doesn't atone the wrong that you've done. You know what that means? You've missed the mark. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much good you've done. It never outweighs the bad. And listen, that is such a tiresome life to try to live. Always waking up, hoping today that you're going to do enough to outweigh the bad. That's a wearisome life. That is an unfulfilled life. Someone does not gain the gospel. Someone does not gain the good news of salvation, the death, the burial, the resurrection, salvation through Jesus Christ. Someone does not gain eternal life with God because they have done more good than their bad. Someone gains salvation through Christ. Someone gains everlasting life only through what Jesus Christ has done upon the cross. because you would have to hit the mark every single time. You know what that word sin there, it means this. If you hit the mark 99 times, but you miss it once, you can't obtain. And there's some that go through life, they spend their entire life fretting that they're going to miss that mark fretting because they missed that mark. They're going to stand before God and they're going to be doomed for all eternity. Listen to me, Jesus Christ, he hit the mark. He paid your sin debt. He went to the cross. He was bruised and he was battered. He took your sin. The Bible says he became sin for you. Every single sin that you have ever committed, every single sin that mankind ever will commit, Christ bore that upon the cross and he shed his blood and his blood was sufficient payment for your sin. Nothing else is required. The price has been paid for. This morning, every single person in this room has missed the mark. And because we miss that mark, the Bible tells us in verse number 23, we come short of the glory of God. Every single person in this room, you're accountable for your sin. Sin is in you. You are born with your sin. And you're accountable for it. I would love for every single person. If I had 30 minutes to spend with you individually, if I had 30 minutes to spend, if I could take every single person in the greater Toledo area and have 30 minutes with them, I, I, I wouldn't talk to them about sports. I wouldn't talk to them about uh, 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 hobbies. I, I love to, to golf. I love to hit that golf ball, but I wouldn't talk to them about golf. If I had 30 minutes to spend with every single person in the greater Toledo area, I would spend them, uh, with them telling them this. Number one, you are a sinner. And I believe that we ought to have a passion. I believe with tears. I believe with, with sincerity. We ought to take the word of God and we ought to have this conversation. They say this, over 90% of Christians, once they're saved, they believe in Christ, they've accepted Christ as their savior. Over 90% will live their entire life not telling one other person who Jesus Christ is. When we have a clear command, Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. That command is not just to a 10% few. That command is to every single human being that has trusted Christ as their savior. That command is for us to go to a lost and dying world and tell them you're a sinner. 
Romans 6, if you'll just turn a few pages over in your Bible, you're in the book, chapter, book of Romans, you're in Romans 3. If you just turn over to Romans 6, just a page or two, would you see what the Bible has to say in verse number 23? For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. I would tell everyone this, number one, you're a sinner. Number two, I'd tell them what sin is going to do to them. Sin leads to death. But I'm so glad the Bible doesn't stop there. The Bible goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What is that gift? That gift is the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the Bible tells us in Romans chapter six, that the wages, what, what would wages mean? Wages is this, is what you get for what you do. It's what you get for what you do. My son is looking for a job and he's looking for someone to pay him for working. He's looking to do a job and he's going to get wages. The wages of our sinful state is death. We get what we deserve. We get who, because of what we've done, we get, the Bible says, death. Physical death comes from sin. Adam and Eve, when they went to the, that tree and they ate of that fruit, what happened to them? The Bible says this, if you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. And they began to die the moment they ate of that, that tree. But it's just not a physical death. The reality is this, when we close our eyes here to death on this side of eternity, we will open our eyes somewhere. You're, you will live forever somewhere. I was telling my daughter yesterday, we spent the day together and she is gonna be eight. And I said, man, you're gonna be big. And she said, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be eight. I said, is that, is that old? She says, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's getting up there, dad. I said, what, what is the, like, the best age that you could get to? And she, I mean, she didn't even hesitate. She said, 15. I said, 15? What's so big about 15? She said, it's halfway to 30. I said, that's pretty good. I said, what's 30 mean? She says, 30 is really old. I said, well, how's 42 sound? Is that really old? She says, are you 42? I said, yeah. She said, that's not that old. I said, what, what is like really, really old? She said, 50. I said, you used to be my favorite, not anymore. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you live 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years upon this earth. It's just touched eternity. You don't die. The Bible teaches us this, that you don't die and go to the ground and however you lived, it's over. Matter of fact, physical death, it's a transfer to eternity. Physical death is not final. It's just a transfer. It just moves you from living upon this earth to moves you to eternity. But if for all of eternity, you are going to spend life somewhere after this life. Physical death is a transfer to eternity where you'll never die. I... Wish this was not true, but the Bible says it is. And because the Bible says it is, I believe it. 
those that die without Jesus Christ will spend eternity in hell. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that God takes death and hell and he casts it into the lake of fire. I wish that wasn't true. Why, why do you say that? Because I don't want to see anyone spend eternity in hell separated from God. I don't know how anybody could desire that. I mean, the person in this world that I dislike the most, I would never want to see them spend eternity here. The person that has hurt you the most, how could you want a person to spend eternity in this place? I wish it wasn't true, but the Bible tells us that it is. The Bible tells us that there is a place called hell. There is a place called the lake of fire. There is a place that if those that have rejected Jesus Christ will spend eternity, but there's also a place called heaven for those that have gone by the way of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Listen, a person does not have to spend eternity in hell because of Jesus Christ. Heaven can be your home. If I had 30 minutes to spend with every single person here in the greater Toledo area, I would tell them, number one, all men are sinners. Number two, sinners will die and spend eternity separated from God. And someone asked this, why would a loving God send someone to hell? The reality is this, I think you've asked the wrong question. If I were to say, Tom and I, we, um, Tom wants to go to uh, the Grand Canyon. Him and I, we're going to plan a trip to the Grand Canyon. If we got to the Grand Canyon and Tom said, you know, I, um, I want to go skydiving. And so Tom and I are up in this airplane and Tom and I, he wants to go skydiving. He'd look at me and say, do you want to go? And I'd look at him and say, no way. You got me up in this plane. That's, that's bad enough. If Tom and I sat in this plane and Tom says, you know, I want to go skydiving and I'm going to go skydiving, but I'm not going to use a parachute. I'd say, Tom, you're crazy. And Tom opens the door and he jumps out. And he's, I mean, he's like doing, he's rolling. He's giving, you know, whatever signs. And I mean, he's, he's having a great time. And then he hit the ground. Closed casket funeral for Tom. If his wife was with me and she says, why would a loving God allow that? I would say it's not a loving God. It's a stupid Tom. (laughs) Tom chose to live a life. And it's not that God allowed that. Tom made a choice Contrary to logic, contrary to truth. He, he, he tried to, to live a life defying a law, the law of gravity. And guess what? You can't live that life. What goes up must come down. Tom thinks he's going to come down without a parachute. He's going to come down, but he's not going to live. And if Tom made that choice, the reality was this, no one made that choice for him. And it's not because someone didn't love him. He made a choice that he knew wasn't a good choice. 
The better question I think would be this for us, why would a loving God rescue such a reckless sinner? I think instead of asking the question, why would a loving God send someone to hell? I think the better question is, why would a loving God rescue such a reckless sinner? The reality is this, I would tell each person this. Number three, I would tell them this, you don't have to spend eternity in hell. There's not a human being on the face of this earth that has to spend eternity in hell. If they do, it's because they've rejected truth. If they do, it's because they've rejected the gospel. Jesus Christ took your sin upon himself. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, the Bible says this, for he hath made him, he meaning God, hath made him, that's Jesus Christ, to be sin for us. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He became sin for you. And the Bible goes on to say, who knew no sin. Here is a perfect, holy, sinless lamb that went to that cross. Jesus Christ never sinned, but he took your sin upon him so that you could have everlasting life. So the verse goes on to say, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We can be found in Christ. And when Christ sees you, he doesn't see you in your sin. He doesn't see the sin that you've committed. He sees the sacrifice that Christ made upon the cross. And if you'll trust Christ as your savior, God sees you as righteous. The greatest exchange of all in history is Christ took your sin and gave you his righteousness. Christ took your sin so that you can become him. So that the most righteous judge in all of eternity can look at you and say, not guilty. The most righteous judge will look at you and say, not guilty. Romans 5, 8 says this, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Every single person is a sinner. Number two, you're going to die one day. Because of your sin, you're going to die and spend eternity in hell. But I would tell each person this, and I would want each person to know this truth, that Jesus took your place upon the cross so that you do not have to spend eternity in hell. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Aren't you so glad that we sang? Boy, I'm telling you, I enjoyed the songs this morning. They were uplifting because no matter what we're going through, no matter what despair we're going through, no matter what burden you're carrying today, no matter, no matter what weight you have upon you, Jesus Christ, he loves you. He took your sin debt upon the cross. He went to that cross. He was nailed to that cross. He became sin for you. Every sin that you've ever committed, every sin you ever will commit for all of mankind, he became that sin. And if you'll trust him as your savior, he puts upon you his righteousness. And so when God sees you, he doesn't see the sinful mess that we are, he sees his son, Jesus Christ. And the verdict is not guilty. The Bible says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whoso believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible goes on to say, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today is your opportunity to trust him. 
If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your savior, today is your opportunity to trust Christ. God loves you. There's one way to heaven, it's Jesus Christ. It's not through the Baptist church. It's not through a denomination. It's not through religion. It's through Jesus Christ, the gospel. If you're hearing this message one, and maybe you're hearing it on Facebook or you hear it on television or, or you'll hear it by someone that shared it with you through podcasts. I don't know how you hear this message, but I pray that once you hear this message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will take the opportunity today to trust him as your savior. Don't put your faith in your own works. Don't put your faith in religion. Don't put your faith in a church. Don't put your faith in a denomination. Put your faith only in Jesus Christ. And if you haven't done that, today is your opportunity before it's too late. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father.